Habits and Health, episode 41. Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. My guest today is Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, who trains people to become functional medicine health coaches. And she's been doing this because um, Sandra, she really believes that growing a health coaching profession will be the solution to combating chronic disease and also to offer affordable access to functional and lifestyle medicine and reduce healthcare costs. She founded and is the CEO of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, which is a collaboration with the Institute for Functional Medicine. And she's been a leader in the field of health and coaching education for many years. So we're going to hear a lot more from Sandra coming up very soon. If you do enjoy this week's episode, please do share it with anyone who you feel will get some real value from it. And I hope you enjoy this week's show. Habits and Health. My guest today is Sandra Scheinboom. How are you doing, Sandra? Great to be here. Thank you. And, well, and I think we established just now, I'm going to call you Sandy from now on rather than Sandra, because I, I think that's what most people refer to you as. They do, yes. And you're the, well, I, I was going to start to attempt to describe, I mean, all the things that you do and the things that you've done. I think it's better coming from you because you've got quite, an, uh, quite a background of stuff that you've done. Sure, I'd be happy to. So uh, way back in uh, the late 1960s, uh, when I was going to college, I majored in education. And that's what I thought I would be doing. I thought I would be a school teacher. And I got my master's in learning disabilities. So again, um, was working, I started working in special education, uh, working in a classroom, and then later helping to teach teachers to um, be prepared to help kids with all types of learning needs and behavioral challenges. And that led to an interest in something that didn't quite have a name at the time. We now call it mind-body medicine. And it was this idea that uh, the mind can, can be very powerful and you can do some things like breathing techniques and that can help you to feel less tense physically, less anxious. And I started doing workshops for teachers uh, working in that um, helping parents who were stressed with uh, raising kids and particularly kids with special needs. And that led to then uh, wanting to learn more. And I got a doctorate in clinical psychology and spent close to 40 years as a psychologist. And what I was focusing on was this field that uh, was quite new at the time, it was biofeedback, and I taught uh, just so, so many people how to uh, self-regulate, that they could tune in to, for example, if their hands were cold, they could do some breathing, some warming imagery, and they could feel their hands getting warmer, and that was leading to a relaxation response, for example. And I was pairing that with positive psychology, which is the study of what's right, not what's wrong with you. And I then discovered functional medicine, which is root cause medicine, looking at perhaps as a psychologist, uh, maybe the reason that people were coming in and 
saying they were depressed or highly anxious was not because all in their head, but maybe it had something to do with what they were eating, their how they were exercising or not exercising, and uh, the root cause might be um, something in their gut. So I studied functional medicine and then put it all together, all these facets of what I had been learning all those years and practicing and helping people through positive psychology and cognitive behavior therapy, mind-body medicine, and functional medicine, and put that all together to create a curriculum founded the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, uh, which you're part of. And uh, the mission now, I have a big mission, and that is to train people all over the world to become health coaches so that every doctor will have a health coach that they can refer to or is with them in their clinic uh, so that they can help people and coaches are helping people to live happier, healthier lives. Well, there's a number of things that, in what you just said that I definitely want to explore. So I mean, one of the things that came to mind as you were explaining that is it sounds like you were, you were in the, at the beginning almost of a number of different um, movements. Or different, like, so positive psychology, breath work, uh, functional medicine, and you were right there in the early days of a lot of those things. Now, I wonder how... Because some of those things, people still react. They're, they're, they've never heard of some of these things even now. So I can't imagine what it must have been like in, when, when these things were first starting. It was quite new. And uh, so you mentioned breath work. And I just have to laugh because we didn't call it breath work. Now it, that's such a popular term. Uh, but back then, the idea that, oh, I could stop and pause and tune into my breathing, and that will result in a quieting response that might set the tone for the rest of my day. And this was something that was quite radical. And uh, the idea that your mind was very powerful, uh, that we didn't talk about mind-body medicine. Uh, but what's so interesting is that the principles, uh, sometimes I'll look back at my old lecture notes and find some old um, material that I was using back then. We're talking in the 1970s and think nothing's really changed. Uh, what's changed is we have better research. There's now been a lot of research to show that this is effective. And we also have uh, so many people who've written best-selling books about it, uh, James Nestor's Breathwork, for example. And uh, it is now more and more mainstream. But as you point out, it is still something that many people think, oh, this is um, this is woo-woo or this is something that is uh, not going to help me. And they think that, you know, it's a pill for every ill, not realizing, again, the extreme power of, of what we now call mindset. And particularly, it's uh, just paying attention to just, you know, how we, how we move throughout the day, uh, our posture, uh, and where we're breathing from. That's often a place that I would start when I was working with people because I would see just looking at them, they were chest breathers or they were holding their breath throughout the day and in this chronic state of muscle tension and just simply letting go of that bracing and even just stand, you know, having different posture, letting your shoulders drop down, that can have a, then an effect on 
what your thoughts are going to be. And it might be that you're able to face your day, face the problems that you may have thought were insurmountable. And now, oh, I can do this. This is solvable. And so it's just this constant blending of what are we thinking? How are we carrying ourselves? Are we breathing or not? Where are we breathing from? And then the idea of that making those simple changes, our thoughts can influence our feelings. That influences everything that's going on down to a cellular level. And that's where today we're seeing with imagery techniques, we can see um, the, the changes that are happening even in the brain uh, that so they can use advanced imagery uh, to, uh, technology to have this uh, as part of the research that they're doing. Groundbreaking stuff is going on. Well, but one of the things I find fascinating is some of the things that you just mentioned in those early days, maybe before there was many studies had been conducted, maybe before there was much scientific evidence for some of those things. And so therefore you would probably have got quite a lot of kickback people sort of um, laughing at it or saying it's woo woo and, and so on. And since then, many of those things have been, have now got scientific evidence like meditation and and so on. And And there's so many things from the East, which were, looked down upon by many people in the West, breathwork, qigong, and and so many other things. And and there are so many things still now that are practiced in East. I lived in the Far East for 10 years, and so I saw a lot of how things were happening over there. And there's still a lot of things that happen over there that we dismiss here in the West. And I wonder how many of those things over the next 5, 10, 15 years will also be proved to be have scientific basis to them. Absolutely. Uh, I think that many of these traditions have now um, become part of our traditions in in the West. Uh, An example would be some of the spices, Uh, for example, uh, curcumin. And there's a lot of research that's come out to show the benefit of curcumin as a powerful anti-inflammatory. And uh, these, this was something that people used for thousands of years uh, intuitively in their cooking, in their preparations, uh, meal uh, preparations. So they didn't have the sophisticated ways of researching it. But so it's the Western blending of actually a scientific study of traditions that have been around for centuries. I, I find it quite, I got into, are you familiar with someone called Patrick McEwen who wrote yes. a book? Yeah. So I became an oxygen advances coach a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And as I got into a lot of his, um, yeah, some of the things that he was teaching us, and, and one of the things, obviously, is all about nitric oxide and, and humming and about how just by humming, you you know, you increase the amount of nitric oxide. And it straight away occurred to me that, you know, in trans TM meditation, when they do the om sound, which is is that same kind of humming sound, you know, and it's uh, and they've been doing that for thousands of years in, in the, some places in the Far East. And it's. And now that's been proven by by doing that humming that you you increase your amount of nitric oxide. So that's now got scientific validity, and they've been doing that for thousands of years. Yes, absolutely. It's fascinating. Have you have you heard of a book, a recent book that came out by David Hamilton? Why woo woo works. I have not. That sounds like something I'll have to add to my list of books to read. 
I think you'd, you'd really enjoy it. He's he's a PhD. He's uh, he used to work for some of the pharmaceutical companies as a as a scientist in some capacity. I don't know what capacity. And he this recent book it just came out a few weeks ago, um, and it's he's looked into a number of different areas that have always been dismissed for the last sort of twenty years, but now do have scientific validity behind them. And gone in to explain why they work, like why Reiki works and why breath work and why acupuncture maybe and various other modalities. And it's a fascinating book. It really is. I'll have to check it out. Thank you. So, so, you, so you, you mentioned in your, um, you know, when we, when we started a show about you've now created a functional medicine coaching academy. And one of your aspirations, I think you said, was to, to have a, a coach or a health coach in every doctor's surgery. Can you can you expand more on that? Sure. Well, uh, we have a healthcare um, system. Uh, talking around the world, that is exhausted right now, particularly. And we also have an increase in complex chronic conditions, and those conditions are not well treated in the doctor's office. So our system, acute care medicine, is designed uh, for, uh, let's say, you have, you break your leg. Well, you go to the hospital, it's set in a cast, and uh, you get instructions for that care immediately afterwards, how to take care of the cast, for example, come back and we'll take it off or we'll check on your progress. Well, that worked really well. Uh, If you break your leg, if you're having a heart attack, uh, but what about if you're suffering from type 2 diabetes, what if you're metabolically unhealthy, which about 80% of us are, and you might uh, have obesity, you might have some autoimmune conditions, and these are not the kind of conditions that are best treated in a hospital, a clinic, a doctor's office. They are treated in the community. They are treated in the home. They are treated on walking paths in the grocery store where you decide what foods to buy or not to buy. And that's where the health coach comes in because the health coach is the behavior change expert. A health coach is somebody who can help people make these often difficult changes in diet, in lifestyle uh, to going to really, those are the things that are going to make an impact because these are called lifestyle-related conditions. So it is not like uh, something that, again, you have an accident, you have a fall, um, that is not lifestyle-related. But if, again, these chronic illnesses that we're seeing more and more of, just an explosion, uh, these are again, lifestyle. Then we add to that recently our challenges. We have long haul COVID. We have people who are not recovering 100%. They are experiencing symptoms and it could be just the tip of the iceberg in what we're going to be seeing. And so these are also areas where a health coach can be really, really important to work with somebody to help them to have resilience, to help them have hope uh, and 
potentially also, again, looking at the kind of lifestyle factors that may have an impact in improving their quality of life. And for anyone listening who's maybe thinking, yeah, but it's a doctor that helps me out in things like that. And so why is it that a health coach in conjunction working with a doctor is able to be far more helpful, powerful, beneficial in in those kind of circumstances than, than a doctor sure. alone? Yeah. So the doctor is trained to be the detective, the medical detective. They can look at lab results. They can say, this is what you have. They can name that condition. And most will say, well, when I went to medical school, I got one day of nutrition or a very um, just glossed over. And so they are experts in medication. They are experts in, well, what treatment should we apply? And they are not the experts in helping people to commit to change, to asking the kinds of questions that are going to help people find uh, the spark the motivation, they say, yeah, this is, you know, I, I want to live to, to experience this, this, and this. And therefore, I'm going to start today. I'm going to get those running shoes. I'm going to go out from in nature more. And then the health coach can help them be accountable. Doctors uh, typically uh, also don't have enough time. They may want to be doing this with their patients uh, and helping them in, in this way, but uh, they're often limited. Sometimes it's the medical system they're in that is limiting them or just their caseload is such that they don't have the time to really sit with somebody, whereas a health coach can do that. They can also work remotely and increasingly uh, people are working with coaches remotely, as well as in groups. Uh, so many doctors are starting groups. Group medical visits, for example, are very, very powerful where people can feel like, I'm not alone. There's others who are experiencing the same things I am. They are getting support and they are also getting uh, the sense that well, if if uh, this person can can do it, can they they can change? I can too. And the coach is the facilitator of that group, and that's something I'm really really committed to to training coaches to be those facilitators for groups. Would you? I mean, do you have any idea of figures of what percentage of doctors do have some kind of health coach working with them at the moment? Yeah, so I don't have those figures um, now, but I can say just anecdotally. So I started Functional Medicine Coaching Academy about six years ago. There were very few doctors working with health coaches. In fact, health coaches wasn't a term that was well known mm -hmm. at the time. And now it's just exploded. And we have seen the number of doctors who come to us, uh, which started as a trickle. Now it's a flood. We have people wanting to work with health coaches. Um, and th this is so it's the physicians who are wanting to have a health coach that either works in their office or they can refer out to. Or they, are, we are seeing a number of people coming to want to themselves. They're saying, "I want to work with a health coach." 
And is that just in in North America or is that like more globally as well? This is more globally. So we have seen, uh, particularly in the UK, a rise in interest um, in health coaching. And uh, we have proud graduates in um, all parts of the world. And we they have our reporting back that they are just growing and there more and more people are becoming aware. I think part of it is because of the pandemic. Uh, we have seen an interest in in health. Uh, often for the first time, people are waking up and thinking, hey, you know, I, I value my health. I want to do something to stay well or get well. Because the people taking your course, I mean, just from what I've seen, there seems to be people from virtually every country in the world taking a yes. course. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, because these these conditions know no boundaries. And so um, they're also because of telehealth, people are able to work remotely. So you might be uh, in uh, Germany and you might have um, clients in another part of the world. Um, that's what we're finding as well. So the, the boundaries are uh, not something that were as, are as significant as they used to be, uh, and the um, uh, again the the interest in in health in wellness in preserving your what we're calling health span uh, to be active and vibrant um, is something that uh, we know can be done well into what would be called old age. And people are waking up and saying, yeah, I, I want that, but I can't do it alone and I need a health coach. And so the medical community is also recognizing the strong need for uh, what we're calling lifestyle medicine or lifestyle changes that can um, really be the key to helping people stay healthy. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe that creating healthy habits should be easy. If you know a friend or a loved one who might be interested in learning simple habits to improve their health, then please share this podcast with them. We also invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the show. In the, I know there's, there's many bodies now, there's many places offering courses to become a health coach what i love about your your course is the way that it's combined so you've got functional medicine you've got uh, motivational interviewing um there's positive psychology there's tiny habits and all of that meshed and, and many other things as well all of it it's just so many great skills to be able to help potential clients patients whatever it may be i wonder if you know if many of the other places that are offering courses, if they offer that kind of wide scope as well? Well, I think this is something that has always been my passion. And it's how I have worked with people when I was a psychologist for so many years. I never was wedded to one technique, one method of psychotherapy. And I had colleagues who were strictly, you know, I'm psychoanalytical. I am a cognitive behavior therapist. Uh, and that was never me. I was always looking at uh, an integration to, that we, to take the best of different disciplines based on a personalized approach. What is right for that given 
individual. And I believe this came from my training way back in uh, in education in learning disabilities, particularly because when you and I did thousands of assessments to diagnostic tests to see child was, let's say, not reading. What is the root cause? Why are they not reading? And so through those battery of tests, we would discover that. And then what can we put together for this child that will be a comprehensive approach so that they will be successful? And so I was always drawing upon lots of different things, whatever was going to work. And I applied that both as a psychologist and when we designed the curriculum for Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. We weren't going to be just wedded to a particular way of eating, for example, or Mm. particular theories, but really a comprehensive approach. Why is that? Because when you are a coach, you are focusing on uh, that individual, what they want. And it is completely client-centered. And when, as a coach, you perhaps make a suggestion, that suggestion might be to utilize, that's how, draw upon that person's strengths, help that person rec- recognize their strengths. And so that would come from positive psychology. And perhaps that individual is uh, engaging in a lot of hopeless, all or nothing kind of thinking. I'll, I'll never be able to do this. It's, um, or they are comparing themselves very negatively to somebody else. And then that would be where, as a coach, you would ask those kinds of questions that would help that person to reevaluate their thought patterns. Well, then you're doing cognitive behavior therapy. Coaches, I want to be really clear, are not psychotherapists. They don't practice psychotherapy. They use some of these methods that originated as a therapy technique. Hmm. And also the way that the course encompasses things like motivational interviewing and and the the tiny habits as well, it seems to be, I just get the impression, because I before um before deciding to to take the course with fmci i was looking at some other courses that are around as well and they didn't seem to i mean i love motivational interviewing and i very much love tiny habits which is why i became a tiny habits coach and so i love the incorporation of those because they, i think they make such a big difference as well yeah absolutely so motivational interviewing is the classic uh, technique approach uh, and, and I would say that's pretty universal. Even uh, courses that might be like a weekend course, and maybe they would expose participants to those basic fundamentals of motivational interviewing. Coaching is so much more. So you start with motivational interviewing or you incorporate it, uh, but it really is a lot more. And so what we Uh, really came up with or invented was this functional medicine health coach approach. And that's with the, we have six branches at FMCA. So it's the functional medicine principles, which is helping people discover the root cause, what's going on. Uh, And uh, often the coach is the one who helps the person connect to a functional medicine practitioner. And if they need further assessment, for example, and, um, Uh, would benefit from working with a functional medicine doctor. 
And then we blended that with positive psychology, cognitive behavior, uh, and then the others would be mind-body medicine, functional nutrition, which comes from a functional medicine approach, as well as what you refer to in uh, the art and science of coaching, which is a lot of motivational interviewing, being able to really, it's client-centered, asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. So that that individual can say, yes, this is, I'm going to commit to change and this is how I'm going to start. This is where I'm going to start. And it is those tiny habits that starting really small and then celebrating when you meet your goal, no matter how small it might be. And, and then we also, I'm committed to helping our students uh, launch their career and connect with others in the medical community and uh, connect with clients and how to do that in a way that where they will be successful and not feel overwhelmed. You've mentioned a couple of times about it's very client-centered. And for anyone listening to this who's probably not familiar with the FMCA course and, and maybe not familiar with that phrase, client-centered, and one of the things that um, is often repeated is the coach is not the expert, the, the, you know, and, and so could you maybe explain that for anyone listening who is wondering? This is, this sounds like a very different approach to what is what is typical. Yes. So what's typical is you go to your doctor or you go to a nutritionist, dietitian, and they will lay out, okay, here's what's wrong with you, and here's what you need to do. And what we mean by client centered is this is a term that comes from humanistic psychotherapy. And that's where coaching came from. Coaching is actually a spinoff. So health and wellness coaching is a spinoff from life coaching. That came from this whole humanistic tradition in therapy. And that's where it's not this figure of the, the psychiatrist, the psychologist, who's this, um, they're going to tell you what's wrong with you. But instead, the idea is that you are the expert in your own life and you are in control of your destiny and you are in control of during that session when you're with your coach, If you, what you want is that comes first. You're in the driver's seat. And so perhaps uh, you got this whole plan from your nutritionist or doctor about what you need to be eating or the supplements you need to be taking. And you are thinking, this doesn't fit for me for whatever reason. Perhaps it's too expensive. Perhaps um, you just feel like this is not the direction I want to go. So you may bring that to the coach and the coach will be your ally and they do offer education. For example, if some of the things that you have been advised to do are necessary and the coach will be the one who will say, well, can I offer more education about why Dr. So-and-so wants you to do that? And then you might say, oh, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. And so what's client-centered is that, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. And so what's so powerful about this relationship is that you are honored and that you know that this person is not going to judge you. Your coach is not judgmental. They are 
accepting you. And that's really what we mean by client-centered. It's a sense of acceptance that uh, you are not going to leave that session feeling judged, feeling shamed, embarrassed, for example. And, And many times people walk out of a doctor's office feeling that way. Hmm. Are you able to give any examples of where um, any health coaches you know who have worked with clients, patients, and got amazing results, which maybe weren't expected or or anything? Sure. So uh, often we have people who are medical doctors. We have a program. We're FMCA, Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. We're a collaboration with the Institute for Functional Medicine. They are the organization that trains doctors to practice functional medicine. And in their training programs, we have uh, now a, a program, an initiative where they are being paired with one of our graduates and that to support them as they are going, they're exposed in their training at IFM, they're exposed to food plans. For example, one is the elimination diet. And so the thinking is that you can um, do this in a way that so they're asked to do it. It's it's something that's not required, but you will be a better doctor if you've gone through this elimination diet. You know what that experience is before you are going to recommend it to your patient. And so in this program, those trainees are being paired with one of our coaches and the feedback is phenomenal. They're coming back and saying, wow, like now I know what it's like to work with a coach. I never could have done this elimination diet on my own, but with my coach's support and encouragement and guidance, I was successful. And so they are coming out of that session or the series of sessions saying, yeah, like I want a coach when I uh, practice functional medicine. I'm going to have a coach. Uh, sometimes they've even hired that graduate that they were working with. And so that's a, an example that uh, we're really proud of because these are medical doctors who are working with personally, they're working with a health coach and it's working. If I was to ask you to look at your your crystal ball, how how do you see medicine maybe changing in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Yeah, well, I think it's changing. There's because of artificial intelligence uh, leading the big, big movement in uh, consumer-driven devices. So for example, people have um, a watch where they're tracking their health. It's getting more and more sophisticated, more and more uh, with each new uh, upgrade or update. There are more things that can be tracked. Uh, Also, you can track your sleep with um, Aura Ring, for example. So these are remote health monitoring devices that we're seeing just more and more of continuous glucose monitors where people could just uh, have this uh, on their arm. I've uh, been experimenting with it and you're getting this feedback. So as 
patients are becoming empowered then. They're seeing this data. They're taking charge of their health. So I think that's a revolution in healthcare. And we will see more and more of this just be readily available where you'll be able to walk into your corner drugstore and you'll be able to get your continuous glucose monitor uh, and not have to right now... Um, there are some companies where you can uh, sign up for it, but it's still, uh, by and large, something that you have to go to your doctor, get a prescription for. And so uh, that's one way. And also we're seeing like lab tests becoming more and more sophisticated where you can just get a home testing and prick your finger and uh, more and more um, reliability. It's still you know, right now just the beginning stages, but I think this is just only going to grow. And that will result in the health in in healthcare changing how you see your doctor. Uh, it's already changing uh, because of the pandemic that uh, in large part draw uh, is the explosion of telehealth. And so it's no longer weird uh, that not to go into your doctor, but to have a consult um, through your computer. And, and then finally, my passion is health coaches because they are the ones who are going to help people to look at that data and also be in communication with the doctor to, and this is already happening in the United States, it's being reimbursed through insurance as well, where a health coach can be the monitor of that data. Uh, these are uh, devices like somebody's taking their blood pressure at home, and they can be in touch with uh, that individual as well as communicate back to the medical practice what's going on with that person. I wonder about, I mean, there's a, a number of, I think the people that are um, early adopters, I suppose you would say, or things like the Aura Ring and many of these wearables, the glucose monitors and so on, there's a certain type of person that is very keen on that kind of thing. But the vast majority at the moment have no interest in that. And I wonder how that, that will change. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, the more it becomes commonplace and easy to get, more people will have an interest in it. And uh, I think that, you know, if you look back at other technology and uh, like cell phones, you know, I grew up there, we had no cell phones and I, I was an early adopter. I had a cell phone. I used to have a phone in my car uh, when that, that so because it was car phones first. And then it became a mobile device and people said, oh, you know, I don't, or email. I remember um, when I was getting my doctoral dissertation or just you know, the, I typed it on a computer, on a typewriter because they were just starting to have this thing called the internet. And, uh, you know, how am I going to send that to my advisors this way? I don't trust it. Uh, now, you know, <laughs> fast forward, is this is part of everybody's life. And the number of people who have cell phones around the world is, um, you know, it's astronomical compared to when this technology first came out. So things you, get more, less expensive as well, because that will be a big driving factor. It's less expensive, easier to use. So do you think people will, I'm not sure if awareness is the right word, but will have their, it will help with say obesity and diabetes and so on where, because people have more awareness of their glucose levels, maybe at some point we'll get insulin level monitors and and so on as well, where then that will decrease those kind of conditions. 
Yes, I, I like to be optimistic and uh, think that that will happen. Well, um, one, of the, one of the questions I ask most of my guests, Sandy, is, uh, is there a book, so I'm, I'm, we're, we're changing tack now from what we've been talking about, but is there a book that's really, really moved you for any reason in, in the last few months, years, or in, in your life that has really stuck with you? Sure. I have to say, hands down, it's Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, uh, just because of the power of uh, his conclusion and uh, this idea that meaning and purpose, it's tied to love, Mm. tied to community, love, having having that mission, having something to live for uh, is all powerful. If, if people want to find out more about you and the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy and, and any other, if you can give us some links, social media links, your website and so on. Sure. So the website is functionalmedicinecoaching.org. Uh, we're on Instagram at um, Functional Med Coach, Facebook, Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Personally, I am Dr. Sandy on Instagram, not on TikTok yet. Uh, I am on Clubhouse as Dr. Sandy as well. You can join uh, some of our rooms. We have a lot of engaging conversations there. And uh, if there are anyone, any listeners who are interested in a book, The Doctor's Guide to Health Coaching, uh, that is fmcafreebook.com. You mentioned Clubhouse. So anyone who's listening and is maybe thinking, what what kind of conversations do you have on Clubhouse that li- listeners might want to participate in, for example? Sure. Well, right now they, we have um, three rooms. Uh, the first two, one is uh, health and wellness news, and that is every Monday. Uh, we're uh, I'm a research junkie, so we find research in health and wellness. We report on that. Uh, we have meet and greet. We're growing that. And both of those are through our club, the Functional Medicine Collective. And then on Fridays, we have a room on reducing burnout, uh, which is um, astronomical proportions, no matter what career you might be in. And so we have guest speakers come, and it's just a conversation about burnout and particularly how coaches can be really helpful. Uh, Many people switch careers because they're burned out. They find health coaching or they are working with a coach to help them, whether they're a medical doctor in corporate, uh, whatever type of work they may be doing, a health coach can partner with them to help them uh, through what they're experiencing as burnout. And finally, just before we finish, is there, uh, do you have a quotation that you particularly like? Well, I'm going to go back to uh, something that I would incorporate in all of my lectures starting in the late 70s. What's real in the mind is real in the body. Uh, and that was how I started. And it, it still applies today. And why, why does that resonate with you so much? It's the power of, um, of, a, of your thoughts, of your emotions, your images uh, that is sending direct signals down to every cell to either turn on an inflammatory response 
or turn off that response and create a more of a healing response. So it's it's all it's all in your thoughts and your your vision, uh, what the intention is that you are setting up for yourself. As B.J. Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, likes to say, I start every day saying today is going to be a good day. Sandy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Next week is episode 42 with Lynn Bowman, who has been a featured speaker at Women's Expo events throughout the United States. And she teamed up with actress Deirdre Hall to write and publish Deirdre Hall's Kitchen Close-Up in 2010 and another book, How Does She Do It, in 2012 with Deirdre. And Lynn's new book, Brownies for Breakfast, is a cookbook for diabetics and the people who love them. It's a five-star rated bestseller on Amazon and it's a great fun read and one of the the best cookbooks you can have on your shelves with everything you need to know about whole food, plant-based eating, shopping, equipping your kitchen, all in a straightforward no BS language. So we're going to hear a lot more about Lynn in next week's episode. If you know anyone who would get some real value from some of the um, some of the nuggets that Sandy shared with us today, please do share the episode with them. And hope you have a great week. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.